How's it going today, guys? I'm live back here in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I am your host, Thomas Penland. It is late, late, late on Wednesday, June 19th, 2019. Um, recording this so I can get y'all my mock, my final mock draft tomorrow before the draft comes out. I hope there's no day trades any, <laughs> before the draft gets going tomorrow to mess this up. So this is my final mock draft I got for y'all. I'm going to go through picks first through 30. First, I'm going to talk about a couple things that have happened. The first thing happening is Mike Conley being out the door to Utah. Um, so this trade was Mike Conley. It goes from the Memphis Grizzlies to the Utah Jazz. Um, the pieces that were included in this trade, it was Jay Crowder. I'm pulling it up right now so I can get for you all the exact pieces that were moved. But it's um, Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, the 23rd pick in the draft tomorrow night, and a future first-round pick. So I think it's a pretty good trade both ways, honestly. I mean, the Jazz, they really don't give that much up. They get a starting point guard, Conley, a guy coming back. He's definitely been a little injury-prone. He's got a fat deal, but the deal's almost over. He averaged 21-6.4 and last year, which is pretty darn good for an older point guard. You know, I really like Conley's veteran presence. He's got playoff experience. I think this trade works out really well from Jazz. It's definitely an upgrade from Ricky Rubio. Um, I think Rubio's good, but not quite as good as Conley. I mean, I think Conley's be he's much better defender. I think he can run that offense a little better. Obviously, the Jazz still need a wing scorer, but a compliment Donovan Mitchell. But I think Ingles needs to really step up and be the player that he used to be to make this team a little bit better. But I honestly really, really like this move. Obviously, the Grizzlies are just trying to get him out of there so they can have John Morant be their starting point guard. This way now, I mean, that's that 100% means you're drafting Ja Morant, if we didn't already think that. I mean, I'm about to tell you all in the draft, the draft didn't really even start tomorrow until the third overall pick. But I mean, if you look at the Grizzlies roster right now, it's pretty bad. So they're just trying to stockpile draft picks, rebuild this team, and keep being bad because they don't want to give Boston. Boston gets their pick if it's outside of the top five, I believe, next year. So they're really not trying to give that pick up. But I mean, guys, Utah's trying to make that push, man. I think Utah can really be a top three team in the Western Conference. I think Utah and Denver might honestly have the two best records in the NBA next season like I mean these two teams are going to be legit I don't think they're playoff contenders and the playoffs is still favor teams like the Warriors like the Lakers like the Rockets but I mean these teams we've seen now guys they kind of know I mean even Kawhi kind of put it in to perspective a little bit more. The regular season doesn't mean as much. It's all about the playoffs, but the Jazz, I mean, they're out here getting better, guys, and this is what you want to do if you're the Jazz. Obviously, the Grizzlies made Mike Conley the richest man in the NBA a couple years back, so the Jazz will inherit that big contract, but, I mean, it's not totally bad for them because when you look at the salary, so for this upcoming season, he's due $32 million, 34 so you got two more good years for Mike Conley. Um, I mean, Conley right now, he's... It's not that old, so I think you still got at least you get these two last good years really out of Mike Conley. So I think at the end of the day, this is a great trade. You didn't give all that much up. I mean, Jay Crowder's an inconsistent score, more of a defensive guy. I'd rather have Royce O'Neal than him. Overall, though, love the trade. I'm gonna move to the next one here before I get into the mock draft. I've got two topics I want to talk about before I get to the mock draft here. Um, got Beal to the Pelicans potentially. Bradley Beal could be on the move. The Wizards need to acquire more picks. The Wizards, I mean, they're really screwed because they pay that humongous contract to John Wall. Then he turns around, breaks his foot. He'll miss all of next season, and then he'll be back. So, I mean, guys, the, the, they got a lot of rebuilding to do. Personally, I think it is a bad trade for the Pelicans. I think that that fourth round pick is worth more than just Bradley Beal. I mean, realistically, guys. The Pelicans will not make the playoffs with just Bradley Beal. They would need to be able to use that fourth pick as well to acquire other players. The way their roster is built right now, I don't think that they could be a win-now team. So if I'm them, you know, I don't make this trade if I'm New Orleans. If I'm 
it, it's it's even tough, you know, if you're the Wizards here, because you still he's got three years, 111 million left on that contract, so that's a fat deal right there. I mean, this this contract could work out more so for the Pelicans the following year. So, I mean, it's not a terrible deal for them. But, I mean, if you're the Wizards, you'd like to get a little bit more in return. If you could get Lonzo Ball in that draft pick, you might do it. But, I mean, realistically, you're using that draft pick there to draft Darius Garland. I also think if R.J. Barrett were to fall to that pick and the Knicks take Garland at three, that it could really switch things up there. But, I mean, if I'm both sides, I probably wouldn't make this trade. I'd probably hang on to Bradley Beal a little bit longer and wait to move him during the season. But then again, third pick might be the best thing yet. That's the tough thing about making these trades in the NBA is you like to hypothetically sit there and think and be like, you can wait longer and longer and longer. But, I mean, also at the end of the day, if you're the Wizards, you could stay in the lottery with Bradley Beal on the team for three more years. And who knows? You could get lucky like Memphis did or the Pelicans and get that top pick just by hovering around and being average. So, I mean, all-out tanking really isn't the best option anymore, but rather than having players like this and not establishing a losing culture is more so valuable at this point. I probably wouldn't make this trade if I'm either side. I would keep on moving. So last two things I want to talk about here is I want to talk about the Rockets' problems. So I don't know if you all saw the story or not with that video and everything. Everybody was trying to break it saying that Chris Paul requested a trade and all this other stuff. I mean, first off, though, if you're Chris Paul and he really is mad about everything with James Harden, I mean, he knew coming into this team that Mike D'Antoni is going to let James Harden do what he wants to. He even knew that last year before he re-signed the way things were going to work. And that's just the way it is. I mean, let's be honest. Chris Paul is not the same player he used to be. He's a little bit worse. He was a cancer when he was at the Clippers. He, I don't – look, I think it's personally fake because we saw him comment later on that Instagram story, what are y'all talking about? We haven't heard anything from Harden, but also um, Daryl Morey was in the news as well saying that he didn't – that none of that ever transpired, never happened. I personally think it's all fake, but, I mean, realistically, if you're Chris Paul here and you're doing that, you're just being stupid. I mean, Houston would gladly pack the bags for Chris Paul and get him out of town. The thing is, I don't know if any team in the league that would take on that contract. We know he's wanted to play with LeBron, but – I don't even think the Lakers can hold that trade cap-wise. And what are the Lakers going to get back? They already gave up pretty much everything they have. I guess it'd just be straight up Kuzma for for uh, Chris Paul, which I mean, that's not a that, um, it, uh, that's not that great of a trade. I mean, if you're Houston and you're getting rid of Chris Paul, it's going to have to be before free agency starts because you'd be more so getting rid of him to get free agents. The way his contract is structured, you're not really going to get anything valuable <clears throat> in return. That's just the way it is. So. If you're the Rockets, that's what would happen. I personally think all this is ridiculous. All this is a big crap wash. I've seen teams like the Celtics have reached out about getting Clint Capella. It's going to be weird to see if Houston does make some moves. I mean, Maury's one of the best GMs in the league. In my opinion, him and uh, Sam Hinkie are the two best. So either, I mean, and obviously, how could I forget Danny Ainge? I mean, we, they're, they're, I mean, Jerry West out with the Clippers too. So I mean, obviously, I'm leaving some of the best GMs off, but those are just the ones who come to mind to me that make these big time trades when this comes down to pulling the trigger. So. I personally think the Rockets' problem thing is all BS as well. I think it's just people wanting to get Chris Paul out of town, which I can't blame him. I'm in the same boat, too. I'll pack Chris Paul's bags and drive him out to the airport right now. He's not been good enough. This contract clearly did not turn out. I mean, the Rockets knew in hindsight it might not turn out, but they had to do what they had to do because they gave everything up. They gave up Patrick Beverly. They gave up Lou Will. They gave up draft picks. I mean, they they basically traded the whole nine yards. Montrez Harrell for him. I mean, looking back on it now, they should have held on to all these players, but that's just the way it is sometimes guys the last thing i want to say is there will be some wild trades on draft night the hawks are looking to trade the wizards are looking to trade the Cavs are looking to move kevin love i mean boston is looking to make trades boston i mean they had al horford opt out yesterday they've already had kyrie irving say that he's not going to re-sign with the team so 
it's everything is really falling apart here in Boston right now. It's looking like all this tanking and building and trading around and everything that they did that they ended up screwing it up by trading for Kyrie Irving. They should have kept the original team back. But the good news is Celtics fans, Isaiah Thomas is a free agent and you can get him right back. <laughs> well, I'm completely kidding about that. I don't think they want Isaiah Thomas back. But realistically, though, guys, there will be some crazy moves that happen on draft night. I mean, my biggest prediction would be the Hawks trading up in the draft with either the Pelicans or the Cavaliers just depends on which one. I don't think that they want to see uh, DeAndre Hunter slip past their grips. They also, I've been told, really like Jarrett Culliver. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what teams make these trades. It's going to be a fun draft, guys. I'm going to be locking myself in the basement and watching every single minute. It's going to be one of those. I predict at least five trades, and I predict at least two will be huge trades. I predict two big trades. I think Kevin Love will be on the move, and I think the Hawks make some kind of move, which is what I really want to see as a Hawks fan. So this will be a big-time draft, but I've already wasted nine minutes here just kind of talking about a little bit of just what's going on in the league and what I'm looking for right now. Um, me and Brett actually did a podcast earlier in the week where we talked about the NBA draft and all that. I mean, not the NBA draft, where we talked about NBA free agency and the Davis trade and all that stuff and what it means for the league. So go check that out. It's under the Role Player Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much any platform you got. It will be on there for you guys. But let's get down to it here, guys. Promise for y'all mock draft. I'm not doing any trades in the mock draft. I think it's stupid to make mock drafts with hypothetical trades in it just because, I don't know, I'd just rather pick them all straight up. I'm not a big fan of that. So, First pick, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I don't even, I mean, obviously they'll make the clock run just because of the draft. Zion Williamson, power forward, center, shooting, small forward, whatever position you want to play him at from Duke. I mean, we all know about Zion. I'm not going to sit here and waste y'all's time. It's it's a lock. Number two, Grizzlies can take Ja Morant. I mean, if, if y'all really want me to go into it, they traded Mike Conley today. They don't even have a point guard. Just check their roster right now. It is absolutely trash right now. Um, ja Morant is point guard from Murray State. He's a beast. I'm not really going to go into it that much. I've talked about Ja Morant more than enough for you guys. So that after those two picks is when the draft really starts here. This is when we're really, you know, kind of like, all right, could something happen? I have seen many reports throughout the weeks. I've seen reports. Darius Garland, the point guard, shooting guard, mostly point guard from Vandy, kind of reminds people of Damian Lillard. Seeing the Knicks were, were supposed to work him out yesterday. Haven't heard a lot of the buzz or anything. Apparently New York could be looking as me. If you look at the league now, it's a guard-dominated league by those point guards. But I've got R.J. Barrett, shooting guard, small forward from Duke, going at the number two pick. Realistically, guys, I just don't see them – you know, I just I just don't really see them uh, making this change and moving and moving and moving, not taking Barrett. I just feel like it's too hard to you know you just can't not take Barrett here in this situation. I feel like he's too good of a score. We watched him tear things up too long in college. I just don't see the Knicks not taking him. I mean, he even said he wants to be in New York. He hadn't worked out for any other team. So I've got R.J. Barrett going three, number four. Now this is this is where the draft gets even a little bit more tricky here because the Pelicans could be trading because, I mean, if Barrett still stays there, the Pelicans, there's no way they don't sh that they would trade that pick because they want to pair uh, RJ and Zion together. Sorry, I'll take a little quick little sip of water there. But I think the Pelicans, I think they're going with Darius Garland here, honestly. I know they already have Lonzo Ball. But, I mean, I don't think you want LeVar Ball and all that around a young team you're trying to build, especially with Zion and other guys like that on the team. So, if I'm looking at anything here, I think the Pelicans are going to take Darius Garland at this pick, get them another point guard that can sit behind these guys. I mean, we've seen Lonzo play off ball. We've seen him play with other guards and play fine. So, I mean, we know Lonzo can do that. Garland can be more of the scorer, Ball more of the defender and passer. So, I personally like that pick, Darius Garland's point guard from Vanderbilt. 
Number five here, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers, another team that could be looking to trade. Like I said, could see Kevin Love and this pick on the move to the Hawks for all three of their first-round picks. Also, the Hawks have three second-round picks. So six picks in this draft. They already said they didn't want five rookies. I mean, I've said this a thousand times, so I think we're definitely making some sort of move. But realistically, I have the Cavs taking Jarrett Culver, shooting guard, small forward from Texas Tech. He's a great wing scorer, great defender. We saw him jump up and touch the top of the backboard at the, um, I guess it wasn't at the combine, but in his workout for the Lakers. I mean, this kid's a freak of nature, guys. He is going to be the real deal at the next level. I'm a big fan, honestly, of the top five in this draft. I think there's a lot of potential there with them, especially two-way potential. There's a lot of great two-way guys in, in the top part of this draft. So I'm going to have to go with him here at this pick. I mean, the Cavs need it, man. They already got their scoring guard with Colin Sexton. He'd be a great compliment to Sexton, even though I think they kind of need a little bit of a point guard action too. But Garland going off the pick there. If Garland's still on the board, they'll take him. But Garland's not going to make it past four. Somebody will trade up if that's what it takes to take him. Number six, I have the Phoenix Suns, another team that could be looking to trade. They really need a point guard as well. They will get their point guard here, though, with this pick. They're going to take Kobe White, point guard, shooting guard from North Carolina. I mean, Kobe White, he's a great gifted scorer. His court vision could get a little bit better, but I think he's going to do a good job playing alongside of Devin Booker, helping them move that ball around, helping them get buckets. I mean, the Suns. It's been a long time in the lottery, man. It's about time these picks start cashing in for them. I really like Kobe White's scoring potential at the NBA level. I think he's built to score the ball in the NBA. He could easily average 20 points per game. Reminds me of a taller Lou Will. So I think it's a good pick right there for the Suns at six. Number seven, I have Cam Reddish, small forward from Duke. Reddish, I think, his ceiling is Paul George. I don't think it will be quite as good as that. So if I, for him, I look for like a Rudy Gay in their prime or someone like that, a better version. Look, worst case scenario to me, Cam Reddish is like an Andrew Wiggins. But I think he's you know, I think he'll be a little bit better than that. I think Reddish can give you 15 to 18 a night along with his good defense and rebounding. So I like the, you know, I like the Bulls to take Reddish here. I know they already have a lot of other guys in this position. They would realistically use a point guard, another team that could be looking to trade up or make some sort of trade. But at this point, if you're the Bulls, you got to take the best available player on the board, and that's it right there. I mean, I could maybe even see them trading back a little bit. But number eight, I have the Hawks taking DeAndre Hunter, power forward, small forward from Virginia. I mean, we saw Hunter play his best game, have his best scoring game his entire college career in the national championship. He hit the big time three. This guy's locked down defense. If you ask me, he reminds me a lot of Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying he's as good as Kawhi Leonard or he's going to be, but I'm saying his playing style reminds me of a Malcolm Brogdon, Kawhi Leonard type which is a darn good player at the next level. So, I, you know, I could easily see him going here, and I think the Hawks will take. I mean, those wings between Hunter, Reddish, and um, and Culliver, I think those three guys are a lot similar, although I think Culver and Hunter are the two best out of them. So, I mean, I think that the Hawks, I think the Hawks will get one of those three guys at that spot. It just depends on who's on the board when they come up to pick. So, could see that there. At number nine, I have the Wizards. Like I've said, I mean, this team is in a bad, bad, bad position. They've dumped off a lot of salary, dumped off a lot of players, tried to do everything they can to fix this roster. Um, I've got them taking Sekou Dumbia. He's French, small forward, power forward. I don't know a whole lot about him. He's real raw. Um, everyone's high on him as being the best foreign player in this draft class. If 
If I'm the Wizards here at this point, you're just trying to acquire young talent and develop it. I think that he's a good piece to piece to start with right there. I could also see them taking center Jackson Hayes from Texas, who I have going at 10 to the Hawks. Wizards and the Hawks are the, were the two worst defensive teams in the league, so they need to get better at the defensive position. I think he makes sense going in either of those spots, and I think him and Dumbia will go 9-10. It just depends on which team takes which one first. So the way I look at it this way is those two guys can be flip-flopped either way in the draft. I think the Hawks also like Dumbia's potential and would be willing to take him there at 10. I mean, there's other guys I could see in play there at 9 and 10, but those two guys to me seem like the safest bets. Number 11, I've got Romeo Langford, shooting guard from Indiana. Honestly, Langford came in as a top 10 prospect. I believe he was number six. Um, he was very disappointing his freshman year of college. I was, you know, I was expecting a lot more from Langford. We didn't quite get it there at Indiana. Maybe he can develop a little bit more in the NBA and become that player that we thought he'd be. I mean, he was very streaky. He showed some flashes of being a great scorer. He showed some flashes of being to get a lot better. So I got the Timberwolves. I mean, the Timberwolves need wings scoring desperately. They got Wiggins. They don't really have another one. They've got a good bit of big men. I almost went with them taking a big man here, but I think that they're going to take Romeo Langford here at this pick. Number 12 is the Charlotte Hornets. I got them taking Nasir Little, um, small, more small forward. He can play the power forward position, too, from North Carolina. Little's one of those guys. I mean, he won the Jordan Brand Classic um, MVP, and he also won the McDonald's All-American Game MVP. It was a little disappointing at first at North Carolina, but he came on strong towards the end of the season when the heels needed him most. I was thoroughly impressed with how he got better as the season went on. I think if he goes to the right team to develop him correctly, he could be one of the steals in this draft class. Personally, I don't think Charlotte can develop him well. I mean, if you look at all these other wings like Kid Gilchrist and stuff like that, they're real raw and need more development. They haven't really panned out yet for the Hornets, but I just think the Hornets are going to go with Little here. The potential is too high to pass him up. At 13, I got the Miami Heat taking Bull Bull, center from Oregon. Now, I know you all know from listening to my podcast in the past, I love Bull Bull. I'm very high on him. I mean, he's one of those unicorn players like um, like uh, Porzingis and Towns and Davis and all them. He's got guard skills as a center. Obviously, his health's a little bit of a question mark. All those big guys like that, the health is a little bit of a question mark. But I think Bull Bull can stay healthy and be a steal here for Miami at 13. I really think Bull Bull could be a top three, maybe even the best player in this draft. And that's crazy to say because there's Zion Williamson and John Morant in this draft. I mean, the it, the potential is off the charts for Bull Bull. I think the Heat are going to take him. And they're going to, I mean, it's on Whiteside. I don't know if he'll opt in or not. But, I mean, they'll take it slow with him, but ultimately they're going to try to pair him and Bam out of Baye together, which would give them a real nice big man down low. So I look for Miami to take Bull Bull here at 13. Number 14, I got Ryu Hachimura. I um, mean, he can play pretty much both guard positions, not point guard, power forward, small forward. I mean, he can do, he can do it all, man. This guy started playing basketball when he's 15 years old, so there's a lot of the development that's still there. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys come to the league, like Siakam is the latest example. He started playing basketball late. We just watched him get better and better, stayed all four years at college. I really think Hachimura is a guy I could see going in the top 10 as a sleeper. I would not be mad to see Atlanta take him at all. Hachimura has crazy potential guys defensively and offensively. So I think the Celtics take him here at 14. I mean, we've seen how good the Celtics are with player development so far, so... I mean, that could that could be a real big pick right there for Boston at 14. Number 15, I have Keldon Johnson, shooting guard, small forward from Kentucky. Look, I think Johnson has to get a little bit better at, at shooting the ball from the outside. I thought he showed a lot of potential while he was in college at Kentucky. If he can get a knockdown jump shot, 
Um, and he could be a really good two-way player in this league. So I like Johnson's potential and everything he's got going for him here. Detroit needs some better wingers. They need more scoring to help out Blake Griffin. I think he'd be a great pick here for them at number 15. Number 16, I have the Orlando Magic. And a lot of people are going to hate this pick because this guy's projected to go in the second round. But I have them taking point guard Carson Edwards from Purdue. Edwards showed how he can fill it up no better than in that playoff game. I mean, in that March tournament game in the Elite Eight against Virginia. I mean, he was an absolute bucket. The guy could not miss pulling up from – if you gave him a centimeter of space, he's pulling up in your face and he was hitting it. I've never seen someone dominate like C. Boogie did in that game. I mean, the Magic guys, they need a point guard. All they got is 31-year-old DJ Augustine. He would be a great player to have play behind and be mentored by Augustine. And, I mean, we've seen tons of guards succeed as smaller scores in this league, and I could easily see him being the next one to do it. I know you all have heard me brag about him many times, but I've got him going here 16th to Orlando. And I think if any any team is able to stag him anywhere in this first round, it's a steal. I don't know if he'll be ready right off the bat that first year, but he also did play multiple years in college, which makes me like him even more. Carson Edwards did it the right way, didn't come out early. We learned how to play. I absolutely love this pick here at 16 for the Magic. Number 17, I have Atlanta Hawks getting their uh, rim protector, regardless of if they can get Jackson Hayes or not, getting Mufondu, Cabangeli, power forward, center from Florida State. I mean, this guy is a beast. You all know I'm a Florida State basketball fan. I watched him play a lot in college, and I've been saying it since day one that he's going to be a steal in the NBA draft. He came off the bench as the sixth man and led the team in scoring. First time ever in college, a sixth man has led the team in scoring. ACC sixth man of the year, so he knows how to come off the bench and impact the game. Excellent shot blocker, great rebounder. He can shoot the ball from the outside. He's your prototypical stretch four or five now in the NBA. I think that this, the current league absolutely plays to his strengths. And it plays, it's just built for Cabin Gelly to dominate and play well. I could see him being a great contributor off the bench in about 15 minutes a night. Could see him easily averaging 12 points a game doing that. So I love that pick there for Atlanta at 17. Number 18. This one's tough for me here with the Pacers. Pacers might lose Corey Joseph. You know, they might lose Darren Collison. Or they already, yeah, they still have, but they could lose Darren Collison as well, their um, point guard currently. So, I mean, there's just not a lot of point guards in this draft, quite frankly. I looked up and down the board to try to find a point guard for them to replace that. I just don't see any point guard they could take here at this pick. Said I have them taking Tyler Harrow, I mean, which is the uh, shoot small forward out of Kentucky. Great three point shooter. I mean, we've watched this team struggle to score in the playoffs against the Celtics. They're going to want another shooter to help them stretch the floor. I think he could fit in well in Indiana with Depot back to give him another shooter. He can play a little defense too. He's a tall guy. I like Harrow here to go at 18 to the Pacers. Number 19, I have the Spurs taking P.J. Washington, power forward from from Kentucky. I'm going to be honest with you guys here. I'm not very high on P.J. Washington in the league. I just feel like, you know, he's he's not that big. He's like 6'9", 6'10". He's not crazy athletic either, so I mean, I'm just not, I just haven't been that big on P.J. Washington's game translating over to the NBA, but I feel like he could sit behind Aldridge and learn a thing or two from him, so I think he's a good pickup here from the Spurs. I mean, he's a high IQ basketball guy, obviously, he helped this Kentucky team. I feel like he was the engine that helped this team move a lot during the season, so I mean, I think Washington would be a good fit here for the Spurs at 19. 
Number 20, I have the Boston Celtics taking Brandon Clark, power forward out of Gonzaga. I mean, we've seen him jump. He's got the best vert in the entire draft. At this point, the Celtics are just trying to stockpile young players. They're going to lose out Horford. They're going to probably going to lose Marcus Morris. So, I mean, the Celtics team is really starting to fall apart. Clark would be a great young athletic guy to put in here. I mean, Clark's one of these guys I could see going anywhere up and down this board. I could see Clark going as soon as 10th to the Hawks, 9th to the Wizards. I could also see him going here at 20 to the Celtics. I mean, Clark might be off the board a little bit before that, but I think he's a great fit in Boston at power forward. Could help this team with rebounding and a lot of other stuff. Number 21, I have Kevin Porter Jr., small forward shooting guard from OKC. You already know I've been very high on Porter Jr. I used to have him going to the lottery in my early mock drafts. I bumped him back a lot, though, just because he had some issues and stuff in college. He's worked out really well for teams. has great potential. I think if he can get past these issues that he's had while he's been in college, that I think that he could really be a beast here in the league. OKC, they need wing scoring to complement Westbrook and George. I mean, we saw him try it with Ferguson. I think Ferguson will be a decent player, though. But OKC is going to keep trying to plug and chug these wings and make their there's a little math for y'all, plug and chug. I haven't said that in a while, but I really like Kevin Porter Jr. to go here at 21 and join this OKC squad. At number 22, I have, I apologize in advance for messing up your name, but Goga Botiz, I don't really know how to pronounce it. He's Croatian. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the picture today or not, but every he was sitting next to Zion at media. Every single person's over there and it's just him staring at him. I think he's a good player, bigger guy, plays power forward. I think that the Celtics could draft and stash him right here. I mean, it's just like the Hawks. You really don't have that many spots for all these rookies, all these new coming on players. I could see them easily draft and stashing him here. I mean, Boston's going to trade one of these picks. I don't see him using all three of them at the end of the day. So it's going to be, it's like I said, guys, it's going to be a crazy draft. When you got two teams with three picks, you know what they're thinking. Move up the board. I could see the Celtics moving into the top 10 at any point in time, as well as the Hawks moving farther down in the top 10. So, I mean, far, I guess it'd be farther up in the top 10. So got him going here at 22. 23, I have Nikki Alexander-Walker, shooting guard, small forward from Virginia Tech. I watched him play a good bit. I mean, he's still a raw player, great wing scorer, athletic, defensive, long. Uh, I've got Memphis taking him here at 23. At this point, Memphis is just trying to stockpile talent. They're going to have their point guard of the future with John Morant. They're gonna ha- they already have their power forward with Jaron Jackson Jr., who actually looks like a really good high-potential player. So, I mean, realistically, guys, I think that this is a great pick here for them at 23, and I think he'll fit in well with this young four, young core. Number 24, I have Philadelphia, and I've been saying this for months. Naz Reed is the perfect guy for Philadelphia. He's a stretch five. He's got guard skills. He's the guy. He's the power forward center from LSU. Shot blocker. I mean, Naz Reed can do it all. I don't understand why he's not higher up, honestly, on these draft boards. But I really like him here for Philly. I think he can give, help them have a deeper bench. I think he can give them great bench minutes as the season goes on. I mean, he was very clutch in his time while he was at LSU. I love Naz Reed here going at 24, and I think he can be an impact player on this Philadelphia team. Number 25 is Portland. I've got them taking Kyle Guy, point guard, shooting guard from Virginia. I mean, Kyle Guy is the best shooter in this draft. I don't give a damn what y'all say. Kyle Guy is the best jump shot in this draft. Kyle Guy will play at the next level. The problem is he is a little short at 6'2", but I mean, look at all these other players that have played in the league at small at smaller sizes. I think Kyle Guy is the kind of guy who can knock down three to five threes for you a night. He can average 12 to 15 points off the bench in short minutes. I mean, he's just got he's got that beautiful, pure shot. I mean, he was big time in those playoff games, in those 
March Madness games for Virginia, especially in the national championship. It felt like it was him and Hunter going two on five at certain times. Jerome did not play as well as I'd like him, but I've got I've got him going here at number 25 to Portland. And speaking of Ty Jerome, number 26, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers taking Ty Jerome. Like I said earlier, they need a point guard to complement Colin Sexton. To me, Colin Sexton's more of a scoring guard. He's just going to get buckets for you. Not a great assist guy. But, I mean, he's an elite scorer, so I think Ty Jerome could be a decent guy to try to help them move the ball. I also think he's got some good potential, like the way he played at Virginia. I got Ty Jerome going here at number 26. Number 27 is the Brooklyn Nets. I have them taking center Bruno Fernando from Maryland. And, you know, this pick's hard to really pick out here for Brooklyn, but Fernando, I'm not very high on him, was never a big fan of him at Maryland. But I just see the Nets at this point saying that they could use a net backup center off the bench to back up Jared Allen and what he does. I think Fernando can be a decent rebounder. I've got them taking him here at 27. Number 28, I've got small forward shooting guard Darius Baisley coming right here. He did not play college ball. I don't know if you all know or not. He signed with Rich Paul. He did an Under Armour internship, whatever the heck that is. They paid him a couple million dollars to do this. He was originally committed to Syracuse, but I got Darius Baisley going here at 28 to the Warriors. I mean, Baisley's really athletic. He's big and long. I mean, this guy could be a steal in this draft just because he didn't play college ball like that, you know? So it's kind of like Ferguson was. We played overseas instead of playing at Arizona. So, I mean, it's one of those similar things where it's one of these guys who set out. I think the Warriors could take him here at 28, kind of like we saw him do with Looney, the way he slid down the board. The Warriors are always good at finding these steal picks. He makes sense to me for the Warriors and their GMs to see. You know, the War- they're smart team, guys. I could really see them taking Baisley here at 28. I think whoever takes Baisley late in the first round, early second round, gets a steal out of him, just like Mitchell Robinson once was. Number 29 here, I got the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs want shooters to help them stretch the floor. None better to help them do that than Cam Johnson. I could see him going a little bit higher than 28 as well. But Cameron Johnson, uh, small forward, power forward out of North Carolina. He's 6'9". He shoots three ball extremely well. Great score. I think he fits well here for the Spurs at 29. Last pick, 30. I got Eric Paschal from um from Villanova um he's a power forward 67 so he's a little shorter great athlete played well for Villanova at the end of the season i mean the bucks i don't even know if they'll make a pick with this pick what they'll do, what the bucks will end up doing i've seen they're trying to get rid of Elias Sovel or Tony Snell and attach that draft pick um, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Bucks. but I'll talk about that on my offseason podcast. So we got draft night tonight, which will help us figure out some stuff. I'm definitely going to give y'all a uh, NBA offseason podcast, whether it'll just be me, whether I'll have someone on there. I'm going to try to get someone on there, though, for y'all. We can talk about what's going to go down. I mean, this is going to be a wild NBA offseason. We could see so many players change sides. I'm hoping everyone goes west to make it easier for the Hawks to have a nice little run. But it's what I got for my mock draft. I'll tweet it out as well tomorrow so y'all can comment on there and say you're a retard or you love my love it. I mean, I probably shouldn't use that word with how PC everything is nowadays, so I apologize for that. But y'all can all tweet at me. Let me know what you think. Tell me if you like it. Tell me if you think I'm stupid. Tell me if you think I'm genius. Tell me what y'all are thinking about this mock draft. But I appreciate everyone once again for tuning in. This concludes today's podcast. Let's hope there's not some big trades before the draft gets starts. It screws this whole thing up for me.